0: Hello and welcome to Ask a CFO uh, we're talking to James van Roussel, founder of Van Russel benches uh, I would say a, a SWAT team of CFOs and analysts and other finance boffins uh, helping companies to, to get on top of the
1: numbers uh, morning James is that, is that a good description uh, yeah that's, that's pretty good you know we like to say that we do a lot of bespoke work uh, we have a relatively small team but we work we, as a team so we work as a team, um, so work, uh, as a team of uh, CFO, financial analyst, operations manager, uh, to try and come in and, and uh, fix fix the company, fix the financials, or or really uh, be a guardian guardian towards uh, an exit. So you you come across a
0: whole range of financial challenges uh, during during the course of your work. So I guess what we're going to do over this uh, this whole series over the coming weeks, we're just going to put you um, under the spotlight. Um, we've, we've had a load of questions in people can ask more questions. Um, so are you, uh, are you good to go ready for the first one? Yep. I'm ready. Fantastic. Here it comes. Okay. So it's a topical one actually for today. What are the main priorities for a CFO during a crisis?
1: When, uh, when I work with a turnaround company, which usually signifies they've gone through some kind of a crisis, uh, And and usually it has its multiple crisis points, uh, probably led by cash uh, coming from maybe lack of product market fit or mismanagement or some kind of fraud. Um, The the first thing really to look at is uh, not number one, the root causes of everything and where is it coming from? Um, I think uh, after that, you really want to say, okay, cash, are we... Are we modelling this correctly? Are we forecasting it correctly? Um, do we, do we know where we are right now so we can project out? So really, looking at at uh, you know the the backward looking financials that they're correct and our current situation before we can actually project out. Um, at the same time, of course, everything is a little bit of a rush, um, so you you definitely want to be looking at expenses. The one thing you can control is how much you spend. What you can't control as much is how much income you have from sales. Um, And typically the the sales might be the one getting impacted. So you really want to right size the ship and say, okay, this is our cash. This is our, our, our conservative income number. So given our old expenses, this is when we're going to run out. So what is the new expense we need to get? So it's a little bit of a plug number and then you need to get to that plug number.
0: How much of that is a, is a finger
1: in the wind, do you think? Um, I, 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 would say, I would say while you're doing the work, and depending on how, how good the state of the financials are in, um, you know, it might take two to three weeks to get there. I would say during those two to three weeks, I would put a concerted effort on, on really putting every expense on the chopping block and seeing if it needs to go or not.
0: Now two to three weeks could be a very tight time during a crisis so how how do you do how do you put early warning systems in place so that you can um, you can compress that time if you need to
1: yeah um, so so it's it 's really having i 'd say primarily having a very solid cash liquidity projection spreadsheet in place, um, and some people like to have thirteen week cash liquidity projections some sixteen weeks um, I, I always have a rolling 12 month projection <clears throat> because it, it does take time to turn the ship. So so you'll have, so, so if you can see that, you know, seven months from now, for some reason, your, your cash is dipping, um, you, you have five months to correct it. But if you only have a month, it's usually not long enough. Um, so that, so that for, for me, that's really the, the key. And then, you know, the, the, the way you get an accurate cash forecast is you need accurate sales and accurate expense forecast. So it's so it, you know, you start with the outcome and you kind of work back through the inputs and make sure that they're correct. And obviously a crisis can be defined
0: in many ways. So it can be something that's going wrong within the company itself or, as we're having sort of, um, you know, recently now with the, with the COVID pandemic, it could be something that's happening right across the market. So how, how does that change if the whole market is in meltdown?
1: Yeah, so if, so if it's more of a, uh, a, a market issue, I, I think you need to figure out, first of all, whether your company is recession-proof, um, and, and that has to do with who your customers are um and sometimes you won't even know till you've gone through it at least once but but i but i think understanding the risk that's out there and you know you always want to have different scenario analyses and and a very conservative worst case scenario um and then really always have risk mitigating strategies in place so you know if there's a big market meltdown um that's going to hit it's going to hit your customers it's going to hit investors it's going to hit Donors, uh, if, if you're if you're a nonprofit, um, you really want to be first of all talking to, to all these people immediately and seeing what's going to happen. But I think also understanding that uh, you know you probably want to be a lot more conservative going forward. Um, I, I, I think the thing that's, that's happened now with COVID is uh, every every few mo- few months it's been okay. How long is this going to take? How long is this going to take? And at some point. Um, And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of companies have done this already. Um, At one point it was, oh, now it's January, 2021. And at the next, you know, at the next point, I think a lot of companies are thinking, okay, this is going to last till 2022. So so all of a sudden the plans get elongated and, and people just become more conservative. And that's when you really see things filter through the economy and you see, you know, kind of a more sustained downturn, I think at what point do investors just run out of patience with this I don't think invest- well it de- it depends if it's new investments or if it's try- trying to solidify up an existing investment i think new investor investments um you know there's a price for everything, so I think investors are still investing i think it's it's it takes longer there's smaller amounts because of risk management but uh you know they can they can get a lot of companies at lower valuations, which is attractive. So I think there's there's always this supply demand balance going on um, for existing companies. I think it's just continuously reevaluating the investments. But but typically, um, b- new investments do dry up quite a bit because there's more money that's needed to go back into existing investments. So if I'm a C-
0: CEO, then what, what's the most single most important thing that I can do to keep my investors on side?
1: Uh, communicate with them transparently for, and frequently. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, you know, and 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 the other thing, and 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 uh, I, I I I I saw the quote yesterday. I think it was, but you know, I, I'm always told during finance committee meetings, you know, no surprises. And I read the, I wrote it down. Where is it? Uh, yeah, people prefer bad news over surprises. <laughs> so it's, it's better, it's better to come out and t- tell the bad news early than. Surprise people later on with it. So that's a, That's
0: a great quote to wind that up with. So thanks very much, James um, So now this is, uh, this is my bit to camera. Uh, so thanks. We'll be back with James again next time And uh, if you want to ask a question, just uh, put it in the comments below or tweet uh, Hashtag ask a CFO. We will put it to James and uh, we'll see you next time. Okay. Thank you Thanks, James